Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Expanding the view of the captain and crew Like a man just released from indenture As a dreamer of dreams and a traveling man I have chalked up many a mile Read dozens of books about heroes and crooks And I learned much both of their styles Son of a son, son of a son Son of a son of a sailor Son of a god Load the last time One step ahead of the jailer we mentioned Brian Ross, uh, who worked for the Oilers organization for, geez, must have been 25, 30 years, um, passing away yesterday. And I know he was a big fan of Jimmy Buffett. Uh, somebody just informed me uh, that uh, Brian was actually 54 and not 33, uh, not 53. Uh, Mark Spector and myself known him a long time. He was a fiery guy, big fan of Jimmy Buffett as well. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you momentarily. We'll go to Stauffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Watch and wager on live racing and the Kentucky Derby this Saturday at Northlands Park. Do you want to mention guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Reminder that every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. We bring in Mark Spector out of Winnipeg getting ready for Game 3 tonight between the Nashville Predators and the Winnipeg Jets, who uh, their Game 2 game in uh, Nashville on Sunday spec. Uh, that was the uh, the best game played in the playoffs uh, so far. I know you'd want to uh, just uh, extend your condolences as well to Brian Ross. Yeah, yeah, sad day. I was talking to Craig uh, Simpson yesterday, and he uh, was the one who informed me of uh, Brian. You know what? He was just he was that guy. I don't I don't really know how he first met Slats, but I think yep. that's where it started. Yep. He might have been a Laurier Heights kid, if I'm not mistaken, or a, something. But he knew Slats from a very young age. And you know Glenn, man. If you once you got to know Glenn and you got in sort of in Glenn's good graces, yep. uh, Glenn is a guy that took care of you until the very end. And and you know, and Ross, I'm not just saying the orders carried him. He came in. He he was one of the early video guys. Yeah, one actually. of the first ones. Oh yeah, right. He was, and not only that. After Floyd Whitney stopped being the third goalie, and they needed one, uh, who didn't put the pads on but uh, Brian Ross and stop a bunch of pucks every day. So uh, we had a ton of laughs with him over the years. So he was a real good man, and you know what? Just got a bad hand, Bob. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Here's a guy our age, and and he's been battling that cancer for several years yeah. now, and and it's yeah. just been horrible to watch. Well, he was he was a McTavish loyalist uh, through thick and thin, man. I know because sometimes uh, we'd have animated conversations about it and then laughed about it a couple of years later over a couple pops. But, uh, no, he's, uh, he, he was a guy, and, he you know, he loved the Oilers and loved the team, and, it, it, and there was a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. You know, I know I saw him at the last two home games this season, and uh, you know, sad day yesterday, uh, and hopefully he's given what he's had to deal with here uh, health-wise, uh, specifically over the last couple of years he's off to, oh, man. Off to a better place. Uh, yep. 
This, uh, I, I do want to uh, just get to a text here because I'm going to bring up uh, a scenario. Uh, Paul says, Bob, the Oilers signed a goaltender to push Cam Talbot for playing time. The only problem is the goalie they've signed has almost no NHL experience. How Oilers like. Now, Mark, when I, when I, when I get a text like that, Okay, when you're out of the playoffs and you agree to terms with a goaltender and the numbers have subsequently been put out by Pierre Lebrun, it's a one-year deal, not the two-year deal that was initially reported uh, out of, uh, out of, out of, with one of the KHL reporters. Uh, but when you have a year like Edmonton did, you get criticized regardless what, with what you do. And I'm going to contrast that with something. We all know how great David Conte was for a long time with the New Jersey Devils, right? Yes. Okay. I'll never forget... In the 2001 NHL draft, that's the year the Oilers got Hemsky 13th, um, the Devils drafted a guy by the name of Adrian Foster. Not the f- I remember him. Right? He had played five games with the Saskatoon Blades during the 2000-2001 season. He was a gifted offensive player. And everybody kind of went silent, like, uh-oh, he's done it again because it's David Conte and the Devils. And, you know, they just played in back-to-back Stanley Cups, right? And they were always seemingly in the mix. And uh, everybody got a little bit nervous, like, all right, what does he know? That no-? And when you're right. good, when you're good, you get that benefit of the doubt. And when you're the Oilers and you underperform the way you do, people are going to question it. Now, my, yeah. th- my thing is... I don't. I haven't seen. I saw the guy play one game at the Olympics. I haven't seen him play. I've talked to people. You know, based upon those end of the year exit interviews that we did, that uh, you know, I I was a believer the Oilers had to go outside the NHL to get goaltending help. That I didn't think there were going to be good enough uh, guys available because the good ones all get signed by their NHL teams. My attitude is, why the heck not take the chance on the guy? Uh, but I'd like to get your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are I'm the same as you, Bob. This is a guy that has, you know, the Islanders drafted him in the second round back in 2009, which is coming on 10 years ago. Uh, And he only played four games for him and has been basically in Finland or the uh, KHL ever since. So uh, don't ask me to review the guy. I've never seen him play, frankly. And you know what? Peter Chiarelli and his scouts get paid to assess talent. And... He's spending two and a half on a backup, which is a lot of money for a backup goalie. And that's great if that backup goalie comes in and gives you 23 games and you can count on him and he wins games for you. If he does that, he's worth every penny. If he doesn't do that, if he comes here and he can't play, Peter Chiarelli will then have to face the music the same as he has over the, you know, the Reinhardt trade, right? Pete gets paid not to make mistakes. And I'm not saying this is a mistake because I have not seen this player play. If it's a good signing, we'll pat him on the back. And if it's if the guy can't play, uh, we'll we'll do the opposite. My well, friend. and you know it's interesting, right? Because he made the Cam Talbot trade, and I would argue that that trade has worked out for Edmonton. Oh, for that, sure. That, that's it's been a good. Obviously, absolutely. the Reinhard trade uh, and wasn't any good. It wasn't. You know, it, the Maroon trade was good. Right. The Hall trade was in some ways not good. <laughs> the the uh, Cassian deal was excellent. 
You know, it wasn't well, real it, good last year, but it was a good deal. Well, and there again, right, like the first year of the Hall trade with what Larson brought the Oilers, you're like, okay. And then this year, Taylor, I mean, my guess is Taylor's going to win the heart, and I'm happy for him. I'm not a guy that goes, oh, he's not an Oiler. I don't give a crap about him anymore. I'm happy. I mean, you can't have, you know, be a guy like you and me that's down there on a day-to-day basis and wish ill to anybody that leaves. That's just that, that's just not right. cool, doesn't right? It doesn't work so, that way. It doesn't so, work. But, you, you know, know, I'm going to – I think that Peter has shown – Certainly, in in his work with Talbot, that uh, they felt that uh, you know he made a good call on that goaltender. Him yeah. and his, his whoever scout in Talbot was right, and I'm going to say that they they hoped they would get more out of Brossois last year, and and they gave the young guy a chance. And the guy, frankly, Brossois dropped the ball when he got his chance. So they're going outside. They got a solid pro. Uh, can the guy play in the NHL? Nobody knows for sure, my friend, because he has not played in right. the NHL. Now, we're getting people texting us on our Westlock Ford text line spec at 630-630. What about Montoya? And my response to that is Al had two cracks to work his way in and more playing time. Uh, he, he got drilled in practice uh, by Brandon Davidson before a game in Arizona, and he was going to play Arizona-Vegas back-to-back in, in the middle of January, and he missed that opportunity, and then he went missing, remember, for a couple days late in the year when it looked like he got another start as well. And I was just thinking to myself, they, you know what? Every time it looks like he's ready to take on, and, and I said it with the question to Todd McClellan about Montoya not capitalizing on opportunities. Um, so to me, this is not a surprise. They had to improve the goaltending position, and yeah, they, had, they right. They haven't had a decent back a backup here that they can count on. You know, remember it was the season before last. Um, you know, they played Talbot sixty-five times or something. So they obviously feel like they don't want to keep going down that road, and they just have not had a guy that you can give twenty starts to. You know, they don't. They have not had that player here for a very long time. And uh, let's hope for the order's sake that they have found him in one Miko Koskinen. Well, and you know, Mark, I'm going to throw one more thing at you here. So Peter was uh, GM in Boston. Uh, I'm going to have to look up the date on the trade because I think he inherited. Maybe we'll get Dave to see. Can you check to see when Raycroft was traded for Tuka Rask and whether or not that was Shirelli that exercised that deal or if it was done just prior to that? I know John Ferguson Jr. made the deal for Toronto. On the Leafs side, yeah. Yeah, so he, yeah for sure. And he's now working for Boston. But um, where I'm going with this is in the East, I do think you can start 60 to 65 games, and it doesn't wear you down. So travel's not near but, as bad, right? But the travel is worse in the Western Conference. That's all there is to it. For and, sure it is. Right? And so I wonder if maybe Shirelli has changed a bit over time, too, in Edmonton, realizing, you know what, not, you know, maybe maybe we need to see what kind of goaltending Talbot can give us if he's starting 55 to 60 instead of 65 to 70 games. There's a different perspective for you as, uh, as well. Oh, but, sure. And what about pushing him? What about pushing him with a guy who could steal some starts from him because right. he's that good? That you that you want to continue to start him now. I don't know if Koskinen is that guy, but if he is, uh, that can only make Cam play better. Mark, it's a one year term too. It's a one year deal. So let's uh, you know let's see what happens. You, listen, this is how you run an organization. You know, sometimes you go to Europe, you bring a guy in. Yeah. Um, and again, let's let's Cut. hope for Peter's sake he's got a good goalie here. Cup, couple quick hitters uh, for you before we get to the series you're working on right now. So. Uh, we'll start in Carolina. Rick Dudley leaving the Canadians after six years and going to what, to this point, has been a 
you know, the proverbial you-know-what show uh, down in Carolina with Tom Dundon, who did, the, Mark, he did the exit interviews with the players. The owner did, and he had the analytics support in those interviews for the players. I know, I've talked to one of the players about it. I was just in shock. But uh, your take on a, a, on a veteran hockey evaluator like Dudley going into Carolina. Yeah, and that's exactly what he is. There is a guy, as we talk about, you know, going out, evaluating talent, assessing players. No one in the business is better at it than Rick Dudley. He's an absolute old pro. He's a quirky, different cat. He's played work for lots of different organizations. Uh, you know, he's not a main, he's not a middle of the road guy. But he, I know that he's very tight with Don Waddell. And uh, my sense would be that Don Waddell is sort of the last man, hockey man, standing in Carolina. And I would sense that he would probably phone Rick and say, Rick, I'm going to need some help here, pal. <laughs> you know, we're going to need, we've got some work for you down here. And uh, the, the front office is empty in Carolina, so I'm sure that Rick Dudley will take on it. Did they name his position? Is he assistant GM or what is he down there? Do we know? Uh, VP of Hockey Ops. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, you have a good position. And, and this Rick Dudley, uh, the Rick Dudley I know, is a guy that will walk in and, and enjoy this type of a challenge in a, in a left-of-center organization for an owner that's doing things differently than everybody else does them. Uh, Rick Dudley would embrace that. He's the kind of guy that can work under those circumstances. All right, that's uh, one move. And then the other is the move that didn't happen in Ottawa, uh, Guy Boucher returning. Mm. I was uh, Maybe I'm not that surprised because I'm wondering if he's basically got a year to get it done. Yeah, there's there's two things going on there. One is a, there's a you know this was a guy that got his team quite a long distance last year, very similar to Edmonton, frankly. Yep. You know, he, they, Ottawa got even closer to the Stanley Cup. Uh, then they had an awful year this year, and and I think just like Edmonton and McCullen, you you don't want to bail on that guy. And the other thing would be that there is time left on that contract, and Ottawa is a very cash conscious organization that would probably rather not be paying two coaches at the same time. Uh, so. You know, the only thing that really surprises me is Dorian had some very critical things to say about uh, Guy Boucher earlier, uh, you know, like in the last month. And they had this much-anticipated meeting today in Ottawa where they were going to sit down and Guy Boucher was going to basically explain to Dorian why he got to keep the job or should keep the job. And he must have convinced them, Bob, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Spec, by the way, the Rakoff trade for Tuka Rask occurred at the draft in 2006. Peter Shirelli was hired as GM in uh, Boston in late uh, May of 2006. But if I recall correctly, he was not supposed to be involved in any uh, day-to-day dealings until... Or maybe that was just specific for the draft, the actual picks, because he had been so heavily involved in Ottawa's. Right. Uh, I think Ottawa is going to be a team to watch spec here all year. I mean, at, when do you think they trade Carlson? Because I think he's well, going to get traded, but when do you think he's going to go? Remember, they got to well, give up their number one next season to the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, but not at this coming draft. Not right? at this coming draft, yes. At the following draft, so that would be an opportunity to get one back. Uh, here's the problem. Dealing for first-round draft picks a long ways away from the draft is hard. Just ask Brad Treliving, yes. uh, the risk one runs. I mean, you don't think he was sweating during that lottery the other night? <laughs> you know, because he did not lottery protect but, the Calgary Flames' first-round pick. Hey, Mark, sorry to interrupt. By the way, did we not hear for like a month how the Oilers had to trade for Travis Hamannick? Because everybody had seen him play, and we got to get Hamannick here, we got to get Ham. Flames gave up a number one and a number two to get him. How did that one work out? 
well, okay, they gave up a lot for him, and, yep. and maybe he didn't have as good a year. I know that his partner Brody didn't have a very good year either. Yeah. But I am going to say to you that I don't. He's think a real defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's standing here saying Peter Chiarelli made the right decision not getting a defenseman last summer. Well, he signed Chris Russell. Right? He signed Chris Russell. Yeah, but getting going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we knew that. We knew that. Uh, that Sekra was hurt, yeah. and and the offshoot of this season was, and I think that if Pete was a three-way on in this conversation, he would say that looking back, they probably should have had a guy that took Sekra's yeah. spot for yeah, him. Absolutely, so, and fans can text us and argue, hey man, they, Flames maybe gave up a first and a second. They didn't lottery protect the first, uh, but uh, bottom line here, is Hamannick's uh, a legitimate NHL defenseman, and Reinhardt was a big guess at that time for the Oilers. Oh, for sure. Spe- Hamannick's way, way ahead of him. Speck, sure. when we come back, we're going to talk about the reversal of fortune that is the Winnipeg Jets and the fact that you're watching the best series being played right now. Okay. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. 12.52 in Edmonton next fall. You can join us on Oilers Now road trip to Sweden and Germany. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. we got a couple spots left to take in all that is Sweden and Germany. Your New West package includes flights, hotels, game tickets, and welcome receptions. Visit newwesttravel.com or call 780-432-7446. All right, Stoffer Inspector again for our friends at... Horse Racing Alberta, watch and wager in live racing and the Kentucky Derby this Saturday at Northlands Park. Spec, you're working this Winnipeg series. Everybody's got a crystal ball at the start of the year when the Winnipeg Jets uh, announced the extensions. Remember, they, they had to extend Kevin Sheveldayoff and Paul Maurice. What were your initial thoughts back on September 7th when that was made official? Well, we knew it was coming because that's how they work out here in Winnipeg. The ownership, they're, they're very, it's kind of Nashville-esque the way they kept the same, you know, trots and poil for whatever it was, their first 14 years or something. So I wasn't surprised, but I did realize, you know, I was the guy that asked the question, geez, you know, these guys haven't accomplished much here. They've made the playoffs once since this team came back to Winnipeg. They lost in four straight, and you thought, man, these guys are getting rewarded for what again? Well, now we see, Bob, what they're getting rewarded for. Chevaldeos built a nice team. Maurice knows how to coach this team, uh, and they're really good. So, you know, uh, here's one of those things where ownership knew more than the fans knew, and they made the right call. Well, the one thing they did is they drafted well, and they, they stuck with their picks. Uh, and some said they were too patient because he didn't. I mean, he made the one big deal with Evander King and got himself a heck of a defenseman in Tyler Myers. Good deal in in that trade. Um, but I, I just I, I kind of look at them and I, I find them to be in an interesting situation, right? And a bit of a comparable. And, and here's where: so a year ago at this time, Talbot finished fourth in the Vesna Trophy voting. Hallibuck might win the Vesna. I'm not sure if he will or he won't, but he's in the mix. Okay. Nobody knew what Connor Hallibuck was last fall. Is, is that fair, Spec? 
Oh, he was, wasn't very good last year. Okay, right. they were banged up on defense last year. They missed Tyler Myers. He played under 15 games. Everybody that was around the Jets organization told me, Bob, that's a big loss for us. That's hurt us and undermined some success. Well, Myers has been healthy. The Jets have been good. Uh, and, you know, Josh Morrissey's taken a step forward. They're pr- they're pretty good on defense, but they did have injuries. Sound familiar? And then uh, they had bad special teams. Not as bad as the Oilers this year, but bad special teams. Now, the one thing they do have that Edmonton doesn't is they've got greater depth on the wings at this stage than the Oilers. I don't know if they have quite the same option down the middle, but they're deeper on the wings, and they've seen some of those guys come through, Mark. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a club that has, you know, Kyle Connor had 31 goals this year. He's a rookie on the wing, uh, left winger, and uh, Nikolai Ehlers had 29, and neither of those guys have scored a playoff goal, and the offense has not been a problem here for Winnipeg. They're 5-2, and two, I think, so, uh, you know, they've, they've this is how, in the cap system, we have to do this. Every team has to do it this way. You have to draft and develop. You can't sit there and think free agency is going to solve your problems. You know, if, if you have enough depth, then you can go in the trade market with that depth and make some smart trades. But you can't sit there and think you're going to trade your draft picks away for good players all the time. You know, I know Pete Shirelli is looking at maybe trading this first year. It's 10th overall. I get that. But when you do that, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and, and you better not think you're going to do that very often. All right, Mark. One thing that I find interesting is that Matt Hendricks is playing in the second round of year. Guess how many games Hendricks dressed for last year in the playoffs? Yeah, zero. Right? He took every pregame skate but did not uh, did not play. And the line change, and and technically, uh, the blown assignment was on the uh, on the near side forward, not supporting uh, Toby Enstrom on that overtime goal. But yeah. Hendricks was also changing as that occurred as well. I, he got two shifts in the second overtime period. We both love Matt Hendricks, but maybe that's an illustration of how good the Jets are that he can play in this situation. And because the Oilers weren't that comfortable with him playing uh, five-on-five last year uh, in the playoffs because they never dressed him. Well, that's fair, but the Oilers also had, the had. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think back, if I recall, they had their healthy top 12 guys. Right, and know. Winnipeg's missing uh, Perot, right? Some pro, they're missing Armia. All right, so uh, you can make an argument. Yeah, he'd be he he would not be playing if those two guys. He would not be playing if Pro and Armia were playing. Okay, in in fact, fair. if either of those, Hendricks is clearly the 12th forward here, and he is playing because two regulars are hurt. So that's really the difference here. And I watched that play. You know, he makes his decision to change when the puck's in a pretty good place. Yeah. And as he's changing, the two guys go for the same Nashville player. Neither of them gets the puck. All of a sudden, it's a two-on-one, and all we see is poor Matt Hendricks skating off across the ice from the yeah. incident. I don't, I, I'm not blaming Matt Hendricks for making that play by any means. How much fun is it going to be in Winnipeg tonight, Spec? Final question for you here. <laughs> yeah. Tons of fun, it's, man. It's, it's been a that game. Was that not the best game of the playoffs? I thought it was the best game of the oh, playoffs. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, here's what's going on now with hockey, and I love this because I'm a goals guy. Yeah. Uh, it used to be, you know, those coaches had such a rain on things. They, they, they made their players not cross. The one four-checker would go in the offensive zone. Everyone would line up across center. And the coaching would dictate 2-1 hockey, you know, 3-2 hockey. Think Daryl Sutter in L.A. Yeah. Think Jacques Lemaire in, in wherever he's been, particularly Jersey. Well, now... The coaches are sending guys in on the forecheck. They're, they're pressure, pressure, pressure. And pressure makes for mistakes, and mistakes makes for goals, man. So 
coaches are now coaching for you know what's happening here is we're seeing some five four hockey once in a while. And hey, Mark, we, everybody's fast. It's great. You and me were watching this stuff thirty years ago at the U of A with Claire Drake. Yeah, well, for sure. Claire Drake played it like this all the way. I always said the Golden Bears, when they get on you, it's like a hive of bees. They just keep coming. Uh, and now you watch Winnipeg play, and you watch Nashville play. In fact, I heard someone say it the other day that the, that the Nashville's come at you like a swarm of insects, and I thought of Claire Drake because they do, and he did, and guess what? It wins, and it's fun to watch. Spec, we'll talk on Thursday, okay? All right, Bobby, have a good day. Thanks a lot. That's Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector again for Horse Racing Alberta. Watch and wager on live racing and the Kentucky Derby this Saturday at Northlands Park. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Brian Lawton, former NHL GM, now with the NHL Network. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.